When Working Narratives asked community members to respond to the threat of Hurricane Dorian last year, they answered in song. And now, in this pandemic, quarantined Italians are doing the same. Welcome to Storm Stories a podcast about the effects of hurricanes in coastal North Carolina. Today on Storm Stories... We've experienced hurricanes and have a sense of a beginning, middle, and somewhat of an end. With the coronavirus, there's still a little uncertainty of the middle and end. Right now, we're wrestling with a different kind of disaster, the coronavirus pandemic. And it's not confined to the coastal region. So we thought we'd take this episode to look at how folks who are still trying to get back into their homes are dealing with this pandemic. We'll also be exploring how this region's experience with hurricanes has prepared us for the impacts of coronavirus and how it hasn't. Hello? Hey, Jacqueline. First, I spoke with Jacqueline from the first episode of season two to see how people who are still without housing due to Hurricane Florence are impacted by coronavirus. For those of you who didn't get to hear the episode, Jacqueline lives in Pender County. Her home was destroyed by Hurricane Florence, and she's still in the rebuild process a year and a half after the storm. I wasn't doing much. I was just sitting around the house cleaning up a little bit. The last time I spoke with Jacqueline, she was living in a FEMA trailer. The program for the trailers ended in early March, despite the fact that most people weren't ready to move back into their homes. I'm not in the FEMA trailer. You know, the, the FEMA folks, they evicted folks. <laughs> I asked her if FEMA granted anyone she knew extensions for the trailers, given everything going on with the pandemic. And she said no. If you went past your deadline, then you've got to pay that rent. So where are you living now? Actually, I'm on the property. I have a, uh, a travel trailer. So, yeah, we live in a travel trailer here on the property. And how is COVID-19 affecting the rebuild process on your home? Uh, volunteers have been pulled from these the projects, so that's going to slow up rebuild. I mean, because if you don't have those hands to come in and, and do the work, there won't be any. She says this is a community-wide issue. No more homes could be worked on without volunteers. And then others, you know... They're, they're probably not as far along as I am. And uh, so what do they do? Yeah. What are people from your FEMA trailer park doing for housing? Can they find housing right now? You know what? It's, it's sad because actually, to tell you the truth, when I came down here, a young guy stopped by here and uh, he was he said, well, put me out of my FEMA trailer and I'm living out of my truck. So people are going to go back to that type of living because... If you can't afford to pay that rent that they're at, and if you can't afford to pay that monthly, then you got you know you gotta go. So I, I feel people gonna start doing that, or they gonna start moving back into these homes that are not finished and may not be safe.
Next, I spoke to leaders of nonprofits that focus on hurricane relief. And this weird thing is happening where they're becoming the go-to organizations to deal with the impacts of COVID-19. Hello, Laura. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, it's a little soft, but I can hear you. Is this better? Yes. I called Wally's Todd from Community CPR in Columbus County over the phone to practice social distancing. Here's what she had to say. We have experienced in our community two hurricanes in a period of two years that were supposed to be 500 to 1,000 year floods. Being prepared as we have learned in our community to be prepared for hurricanes is helping us to be prepared and to respond to the coronavirus. Next, I asked Audrey Hart from New Hanover Disaster Coalition what it might mean that nonprofits centered around hurricane relief are now the ones responding to coronavirus. I don't know what it means. <laughs> um, I think it just means Phil Triplett with the state always says in times of disaster, it is not the time to hand out business cards. It's easier to hand out business cards in blue sky days. In other words, these nonprofits have been around to deal with hurricanes in the chaos and in the calm after the storm, or for some, not so calm. So they've already got the resources and relationships you need to respond to any kind of disaster, and they've learned lessons from past disasters. Um, I think we were very blunt with ourselves within this community after Hurricane Florence and being like, we messed up. We messed up big time. We were duplicating efforts a lot within the community. Um, we were servicing um, certain parts of the community two or three times and then completely neglecting another part of the community. I asked Audrey and Wallis what similarities they've seen between the hurricanes they've lived through and COVID-19. Wallis says that in both natural disasters and this pandemic, there's this uncertainty and fear. What's going on today during a hurricane, for example, could change tomorrow. What resources are available yesterday may be different than what are today. And the same could be said for this coronavirus situation. You know, people don't understand that the reason there was the run on toilet paper and paper towels is because people were concerned they wouldn't be able to get out of their house for 14 days and they wanted to make sure they had enough. It went, I believe, potentially a bit overboard in that people were not considering others in this, but I do understand that mentality. And that happens at times with hurricanes or in our area, even snowstorms. She thinks this pandemic will have negative effects on the local economy in Columbus County, the way Hurricanes Matthew and Florence did. The economic impact of this will have an effect long-term on people's health and well-being, and our economy was already struggling. Audrey echoes this concern with small businesses in mind, but she says because many small businesses are still open, we need to make sure we're supporting them. For natural disaster impact, immediately 40% of small businesses won't reopen, and then a year later, 25% um, more small businesses are going to close. They're still reeling from Hurricane Florence 18 months later. Like many other communities, we're a service industry. We're, we're a tourist town, um, making sure that we're supporting those local small businesses. But on a more positive note, Audrey says the plans and processes that go into preparing for and responding to both disasters have similarities. They're not foreign to us, right? Um, applying for services, applying for um, disaster unemployment, um, and things like that. And so we kind of have a leg up in, in knowing how to respond. Next, I asked them how hurricanes and the coronavirus pandemic are different. And they talked about the timelines of the two disasters. 
we've not experienced coronavirus before. We've experienced hurricanes and have a sense of a beginning, middle, and somewhat of an end in the storm itself. Of course, there's always long-term recovery. With the coronavirus, there's still a little uncertainty of the middle and end of it. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint. This is not going to be over in a week. This is not going to be over in two weeks. And Audrey talked about the difference in the scope of the disasters and what that implies. It's a lot easier to fundraise when it's a localized disaster. When it's global, where are we going to get masks for first responders? Hand sanitizer and, you know, it's not just our community. It's worldwide. Because this is a different kind of disaster, the needs of the community and the way people volunteer will also look different. It will not be so much people's homes being flooded, but rather the loss of income. We can't do mass feeding. We can't do points of distribution for like mass supply distribution. I think a lot of people are like, let's volunteer, let's help, let's do these things. And the biggest thing right now that will help is if you stay home and wash your hands. <laughs> and it's very different, especially for people that activate in times of disaster. You've been listening to Storm Stories. Storm Stories is a project of the nonprofit arts and media organization Working Narratives, which is based in Wilmington, North Carolina. To learn more about Storm Stories, visit www.workingnarratives.org. Music by Cambo Music and Picture of a Floating World. Special thanks to Ren Smith, Nick Saberla, New Hanover Disaster Coalition, and Community CPR in Columbus County, who made this episode possible. Funding for Storm Stories was provided in part by the Democracy Fund's NC Local News Lab Fund, Unitarian Universalist Veach at Shelter Rock Foundation, and generous individuals like you. I'm your host and producer, Laura Bratton. Thanks for listening. Tis grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my sins how precious is that grace